thank the choir, we thank the music director and musicians. If you have your Bibles with you, we turn to Romans chapter 12. Book of Romans chapter 12. We shall continue where we left off on last week. Hmm. Romans chapter 12, and we shall begin reading in verse 4. And it reads, For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office. So we being many are one body in Christ and every one members one of another. Yeah. Having then gifts different, differing according to the grace that is given to us. Yeah. Rather prophecy let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. Yeah. Our ministry let us wait on our ministering or he that teacheth on teaching. Amen. 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 In this segment of talking about motivational gifts, today we are dealing with the gift of teaching. We are talking about that which God has given some people the inward motivation to give forth what they know. Let me, let me have a word of prayer. Let me, have a word of prayer. Let me Father, even now, I must decrease, you must increase. Have your way. Just have your way, Lord. We just yield even now to, to you, Lord. Glorify yourself. In Jesus' name we pray. And many of us have come from the school of thought that anyone who is in Jesus Christ can teach. But in this particular calling, in this particular giftedness, it is not for everyone. And later on, I will break it down. All of us got something to tell. But, but that which is about teaching, all of us do not have that gift to be able to instruct others in the word of God simply. Matter of fact, James chapter 3 verse 1 says, it, it says, let not many of you be masters. And that master really means do not let many of you be teachers because those of you that are teachers are more accountable. See, we have taken that gift and we have acted like that. Anybody can handle the word of God correctly. But the truth of the matter is, unless the Holy Spirit is directing you, you cannot handle the word of God correctly. It's more than giving information. 
And many of us have come from the world twin of thought that all we are doing is giving information. Anybody can give information. But when you come to teach, and don't you know you need faith to teach? When it's the word of God. Don't you know you need the power of the Holy Ghost? When it comes to teaching it, why, 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 preacher? Why? Because you got to understand that when we come teaching the word of God, we are teaching truth, and we are coming up against people's belief systems. And people come in here with all sorts of ideas and ideologies, and they come in here believing a little bit of everything. It's truth or false. They got their own belief system. And we who have been gifted to teach have been called to challenge and to change. What people believe. See, Proverbs says a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And the reason why some of us can't do no better because that's what we think, you know? The reason some of us can't get out of this mess we in because that's what we thinketh in our The reason some of us cannot excel in this thing called Christianity because there's something that got us stuck in the thinking of our heart. But my Bible tells me that the truth will set you free. Those of us who have been called to teach and also preach, because many times when you're preaching, you're also teaching. We ought to be more free than anybody else. You know why? Because we ought to be in the word because that is where our gift flows from. I am coming to understand that in this motivational gift, if you are a teacher, there is something in you that loves to give forth what you have learned. Love to give forth what you have learned. You, you want to break it down so everybody can, can see it. There's something in you that's able to take complicated doctrine, complicated theology, and you can break it down where people can grasp it. You're not doing that by yourself. That's the gift that God has put in you. See, it's different for me to understand it, but can I come down? to your level and make you understand it and take you up where you where I see it and you say I got it now I seen some very intelligent people who had it within their selves but when they stood before the classroom trying to explain it everybody got confused People that was very educated in the word of God, professors and doctors. But when they stood up to teach it, something happened between their thinking process and their speaking process. And after everybody sat there and said, I don't understand a word that. It's not that they didn't know. They couldn't translate it to make it understandable that we who didn't know could get it. They had the knowledge. They had the understanding. But they could not 
over everybody's head. They had a lot of information, but the information didn't do nobody no good because they couldn't speak it to our hearts. If you've been called to teach, how are you handling the word? I'm beginning to understand that before I sit down and talk to anybody about the information I have, it got to be more than information inside of me. See, 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 if I don't believe it, what makes you think that when I teach it, you're going to believe it? If I don't understand it, what makes you think that, that, that when I come to you, it all of a sudden going to fall together? But we must, who are studiers, who are teachers of the word, must get it on the inside. Don't you know that the longest distance is sometimes from your mind to your spirit? And many times we got things in our heads, but it hasn't gotten down in our spirits. It's intellect, but it hasn't really taken hold of you. The number one call of the teacher is that it takes hold of you. What good is it if you can tell everybody else how to walk and you're not walking? What good is it if you can tell everybody else how to talk but you're not talking? See, some of us, the one thing that people are going to watch is your walk. And regardless what you talk, if you're not walking it, they're not going to listen to your talk. Because they figure if it's not real in you, why should I listen to you? You're doing just the opposite of what you said I'm supposed to do. So don't talk to me. That means that, 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 that this book is more than a textbook. Matter of fact, John 6, 63 says, Jesus says to them, he says, my, my words are spirit. In fact, before he says that, he says, the, the flesh profit nothing. He, he, says, he says, the words that I speak, they are spirit. What are you talking about, Jesus? These words are more than human words, are words that's in a book, because God spoke these words. What well, God is spirit, but out of the spiritual world came everything. Let me explain. In the beginning, God spoke. And there came. See, in the spirit world, God speaks it, then it manifests itself in the physical world. That means that every word that God speaks is true, whether you're living it or not. Why? Because when he speaks it, there is the same potential for that to become reality in your life. But you must put faith in it. God speaks it. I must receive it, then when I receive it, the reality of it is going to come sooner or later. Most of us, we're hearing it, but we're not receiving it. The problem is, is that it's just words to us in a textbook. It hasn't gripped us. Not only are teachers accountable, but those of us who hear are accountable. See, you can sit here Sunday after Sunday. You can go to Bible class after Bible class. 
you can get tape after tape. But if it's not getting on the inside of you, it's not doing no good. A farmer knows that the seeds that he plants has the potential of life. He knows that in that seed, that if all the conditions are conducive, that sooner or later germination is going to take place and out of that one seed can come forth fruit. He's a man of faith. There's no guarantee that that seed is going to produce, but he believes that if he takes care of everything the way it's supposed to be taken care of, that sooner or later, that seed is going to produce fruit. Why? Because he believes in the life potential in that seed when it goes into the ground. As a teacher, you ought to sit down in front of your students, believing that even if they act like they're not, they're not listening to you. That's okay. Why? Because the word that you're going to teach them got life potential. You see, you may not see it right away, especially in some of the teenager classes. They, 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 while you while you teaching it, you said some some old folks. Might as well tell the truth. And they act like ain't nothing going on. Matter of fact, not just when you're teaching, when you're preaching. Notes being passed in the background. You know, we act like we don't see, but you know, you see some things up here. People holding a conversation all through the sermon. Ain't, ain't talking about what you're talking about. For God's word. We act like ain't nothing going on. We don't understand that, that what God is trying to do is produce life in us. Not just any type of life, but life more abundantly in us. The words that I speak are spirit and they are life. What are you talking about, Jesus? And what I'm talking about is, is that when you put faith and you allow my words to get on the inside of you, it will produce change. God will take you from one position into another position. Why? Because his word is able to produce change. Matter of fact, the word that I love to use is more than change. It's transformation. Why? Transformation means that there's something supernatural about this thing. Transformation means that, that it's nothing that you did. It's something that only God could do. See, I know for myself I'm not what I used to be. Not because I made up my mind, because God got down on the inside. And when God got down on the inside, it changed me. Just by saying, oh, preach, I'm saved. I don't need to hear this message. God's not through with you yet. You may be saved, going to heaven, but God's not finished with you yet. See, you're still in the process of being transformed. You are still in the process of being made over. You are still 
in the process of being made brand new. You are still in the process of becoming a vessel of glory of his use. You are still in the process of learning what abundant life is all about. You are still in the process of falling in love with Jesus because he's all that. You are still in the process of experiencing the goodness of God. You are still in the process of being transformed into the image of Christ Jesus. You are still being changed by the word of God. Responsibility. Every time the word is being preached, there ought to be something going on on the inside. Every time we go to Bible study and the word is opened up, there, there ought to be something happening. And we who are teachers, we have to do it by faith. I don't care how well you got that study together. If you just believe all you're giving is information, then all that you're going to give is information. I remember. Yes, I remember. Had not been that long before my father got sick. He was going to play that evening, and I remember I went in the bedroom to get some lotion, and my dad had been pacing. And I saw the tears falling down his eyes. And I wonder, I said, why is dad crying? Uh-huh. You know what's going on? I didn't say anything. You know, but I saw the tears. And I saw him looking up. I was wondering, Lord, you know, why is he crying? I understand now. Uh-huh. Oh, yes, you know, I remember as a kid, I never saw my dad practice. He would sit down on the panel just to get the tune in his head. And he said, if I got the tune in my head, I can play it. Never saw him practice. You know, I thought that piano players always practice. I never saw him practice. Okay, he just said, well, if I get the tune, I got, had a stroke 20 years ago, probably now, and he lost all feelings in his right hand. I mean, literally, he could not feel. I remember when he, I was in a revival, and he was running down the steps, and he fell and broke, well, didn't break it, but all the ligaments in his knee fell out, and his knee was literally sticking, poked out. He couldn't feel it. You know what he did? He pushed it back in and tried to stand up and walk. Why? Because he didn't know how much pain he was in. The feeling was gone. Lynette, if we put on your right hand three to four gloves that you can't feel the keys, can you play? It'd be awfully hard, though, wouldn't it? Because you go not by how you look at the keys, but how you feel. Feeling is very important. I said, Dad, well, how do you still play? He said, I just put my hand on the keys and it goes. And what I learned from this is this. He learned that he could not depend on himself. His dependency was on God. And sometimes when you realize how inadequate you are to do that which God wants you to do, when you recognize that in your best self you can't do it, when you, when you, when you really are confronted with that, that you are inadequate in every way to, to teach or preach God's word, it makes you cry sometimes. 
And sometimes I say, so Lord, if you don't, Lord, if, if the anointing don't come on me, I know I can't. Lord, there's no way that I, that I can preach words to produce life, Lord. So, Lord, I, here I am. I can't do it. I know I'm inadequate. But, Lord, I know that if you touch me, you can take my inadequacies and do far beyond what I ever dreamed you could do. So, Lord, here I am. And sometimes you got to cry about that thing. Teachers. It has to be so of an awesome job that sometimes preparing your lesson, you quit. And you begin to cry. Say, Lord, I can't. These kids don't, don't, don't look like they're listening to me. I don't, I don't think they're getting it, Lord. Lord, I'm trying my best, but I don't think I'm getting through, Lord. Lord, and, if, and even if I'm my best, Lord, I can't do it. So, Lord... Here I am, Lord. Lord, you you got you the only one that got power to, to transform life. You're the only one that can plant the seeds of life. So Lord, I make myself available. Then you go in the classroom by faith. Open up your mouth and begin to teach. Why? Because this thing is by faith. It's by faith. There is problems with being a teacher. Sometimes a teacher can think that they know so much that they get the big head. Amen. Amen. You come in and you come in with everything you know because you're going to blow everybody away with your information. You got some new thing that you done read out of a book, and, and it's, that's all it is, it's read out of a book. I've been gotten down on the inside, but you, you read it. It's not yours yet, but, but you're going to come in, and you done memorize, and you're going to. People have written some good stuff, but you ought to make it your own. See, 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 you ought to get it to the place that it got, 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 got your style to it. It may be full of truth, but unless it has gotten on the inside, it does no good. The word of God got to be more than a textbook. It got to be my mirror. What you mean your mirror? See, when I stand before the word of God, I see myself. And I don't see myself as being all that. I see myself as being in need. See, because I don't know about you. I'm not what I should be yet. God is still working on me. I, I don't know about you, but sometimes I mess up. Don't mean to. But when I go to the way, it chastises me. And I have to turn and say, Lord, I'm sorry because I said it the wrong way. Father, I'm sorry because I didn't do it out of love. Lord, I'm sorry. And God cleans me up. He fixes me up. It makes me more like him. Him. I'm not going to be much longer. We're almost finished. Paul says in Romans chapter 1, I forget what verse. You'll find it. You don't have to turn there. 
But if you do, it's Romans chapter 1. I think it's around verse 12. Verse 11. One of those two. And it says, I long to come on to you to impart some spiritual gift. That's out of the King James. What he is really saying is not spiritual gift, but what he was saying, I long to come on to you to impart to you my gift of teaching so that you can be, and King James says, established, but other translations says that you may be strengthened in your faith. Well, what do you mean, strengthening your faith? He said, because what I'm going to do is impart the word into you. And as the word is imported into you, your faith gets stronger. Well, why is that? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God, which means that as God allows people to impart knowledge of his word into you, your faith gets stronger. The problem is that faith isn't real faith until it's tested. So that means that the more you learn, I hate to tell you this, the more trials you're going to go through. But if God has been imparting his word in you, what you do, you stand. Why? Because his word is true. See, the word may tell you that his peace is sufficient. Then the next thing you know, you're going through a storm. And and God says, do you trust me? That my peace is sufficient? But Lord, you don't understand. Everything around me is falling apart. Yeah, but my peace, his peace, his perfect peace will keep you in the midst of the storm. Then his grace will hold you. Don't fall apart. Don't, don't, don't give up. Keep on walking through. But wait a minute, the enemy is on every side. But the word of God said he will not come near you. They will fall at your feet. The word of God said that no weapon for. Now the weapon is being formed. They're in that, 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 that. What's that? What's that place called? He's a being. What's that called? Iron worker. Uh, no, no, no. What he does, the one who does it. Blacksmith. Thank you. Thank you. Satan is a blacksmith. He's forming a weapon to destroy you. He's in that shop right now. Bing. Heating it up. Bing. Got your name on it. Bing. And he actually shows you, see? I'm going to throw this right through your heart. Bing. That's okay. There's no weapon form against me. And it will be formed, but it will not. It cannot prosper. But he's still in that workshop. Bing. Bing. But that's okay. Because while he's bigger, I'm putting on the whole armor. Amen. I'm putting on the helmet of salvation. Amen. I'm putting on the breastplate of righteousness. See, when you're going through the storm, make sure you're walking right. Make sure you're talking right. Make sure you're covered. See, if you're disobedient, God help you. But when you are obedient, God will help you. Why? Because you're covered. He's getting ready to throw it. That's okay. Turn your back and say, God shall keep me. When he throw it, just put the shield of faith in back of you. And it will bounce right off. 
Why? Because when you do it, what God wants you to do, don't you know he can try to destroy you, but he can't. He can't. And when you go through the storm, it's like lifting weights. You know, your muscles get bigger. But when you get through the storm, your faith gets stronger. You say, shoot, I know God is able to bring me through. Why? Because you're standing on the word that you have received into your heart. It's not good enough to come here on Sunday morning and open up your Bible on Sunday morning and don't pick it up through the rest of the week. It's not good enough. It's not good enough. It's not good enough to pray on Sunday morning and don't pray any other time. It's not good enough to try to be righteous on Sunday, but Monday you're doing any old thing. It's not good enough. You best get holy. You best get right with the Lord, and he will keep you. Bless it. Bless it. Bless it. What did you mean, bless it? What did you mean by bless it, Lord? Bless it is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Bless it. What do you mean by bless it? My hand is on him. I have determined him to increase. He's going to have peace on every side. He's going to have joy on the inside. There's going to be grace upon his head. I will be with him. So blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Blessed is the man who standeth not in the way of sinners. Blessed is the man who sit not with the scoffers. That man shall delight in the word of the Lord and meditate in it day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. And when the storms come, he may bend a little, but he won't break because he's rooted, because he's anchored in Jesus, because he's wrapped up, because he's tangled up in Jesus' word. And he shall stand. He shall stand. Now. Everybody is not able to teach. But you ought to have a testimony. Everybody can't take you to the difficult parts of God's word and make it simple. But you ought to tell how good the Lord been to you. See, all of us got a story. You ought to tell somebody that Jesus is a way maker, that Jesus is a lawyer in the courtroom, that Jesus will be your doctor, that Jesus stepped in right on time. See, too many times we're too busy talking to one another. I already know Jesus. You don't have to tell me your story. I got my own story. But somebody don't know about how good he is. 
You ought to tell it. You ought to tell it on job. When somebody's willing to listen, you ought to tell it to your children. When you talk to them at night, you ought to tell it to your relatives who's slipping out of the blood. You ought to tell it. You may not be able to explain the biblical context, but you ought to know what Jesus has done for you. I don't know about you, but he's been good. Matter of fact, I don't know about you. I love him. See, he's done so much for me. I'm falling in love with him all over again. And when I think that I'm maxed out, I learn something new about him. Then I shake my head and say, my God, I didn't know how good you are. He keeps on getting better and better. Oh, it gets hard sometimes. But Jesus is always good. Oh, I got to cry sometimes. But Jesus, he's the word. Amen. He's the word. He's the truth. He's the way. He's the life. He's my all in all. And I'm so glad. I'm so glad that I know Jesus. And he knows me. When I feel like crying, he picks me up. When I feel like giving up, he said, come on, child. Let's run on a little bit longer. When I get down, joy begins to start on the inside. He tells me to stand for me. Don't give up. Don't give in. I will keep you. I will hold you. I will see you through. Don't you know you're more than a conqueror? Don't you know that greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world? I'm so glad Jesus is on the inside. See, I'm hooked up. He said, if you abide in me, if you keep the relationship going, if you keep talking to me, if you keep praying to me, if you keep doing the things that I want you to do, if you keep... I." If you keep on doing it and you get your my word on the inside, that's not head knowledge. That's when it's down in the spirit. Well, you're not talking about maybe. You're not talking about he might. But you know that the Lord is going to do it for you. You know that the Lord is going to answer that prayer. You know that his promises are true. You might have to wait, but keep on waiting. Cause you know, Abraham waited till he was a hundred. How long are you willing to wait? Some of you ready to give up on your marriages. You need to wait. Some of you ready to walk out and quit in life. You need to wait. Why? Cause God, not through. I'm so glad he's not through. Say he's not through with me and he's not through with you he's working it out so what you do you wait why because he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that i ask i cannot imagine according to the power so what you do while you wait you encourage yourself how do you encourage yourself tell somebody 
how good he's been. Get a brother or sisters and say, don't you know, I remember when I was doped out, but Jesus set me free. I remember just to be an alcoholic, but Jesus set me free. I remember no food on the table, and Jesus sent somebody knocking on the door saying, can you use some food? I remember on my way to jail, but Jesus stepped in. reality of his word. God do not just want to serenade you. He wants to invade you. He want to get so placed to you so full of him that you don't know what to do. Amen. Amen. He want to get to the place where it's not churchality. And some of us, that's all we got is churchality. We know how to act churchy. We know the right words to say. We know the right comments. We know the right entire to wear. But it's not on the Not on the inside. He, right now, wants to get so much on the inside of you, that he would change your attitude. He would change your personality. He would change your perspective in life. He would change. Jesus Christ came to take over. Not just to bless you. You don't get blessed until you let him take over. And some of us sitting right here, we need to say, Lord, take over. I know I'm going in the wrong way. Help my want to. I want to go in the wrong way. But Lord, I now surrender to your will. invaded with the presence of God. Tell us more than Sunday morning. Tell us more than a book that has some difficult words. Tell us more than I was brought up this way. But until the reality of Jesus Christ has, has, has just been so penetrating that nobody but nobody can take you away from his love. You know, Satan may give you riches and fame, but I'd rather have See, the world may offer you a whole lot, but I'll be honest with you, I'd rather have Jesus. 
than all the riches of the world. Because I want you to know, I'm satisfied with trouble all around. I'm so satisfied on the inside. I don't know how he does it, but I know that he makes everything. Do you know Jesus? You need to come today and be invaded.